time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy hump day. Okay, as we predicted yesterday, and you didn't have to be, you know, the amazing Kreskin to predict this, but we knew it was coming. We knew <laughs> yeah. the the uh, the boycott, the diplomatic boycott of the of the Beijing Olympics was coming from the Trudeau government, and he has just announced it here. Let me play a clip here for you. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, confirming that diplomatic boycott of the Olympics. We are extremely concerned by the repeated human rights violations by the Chinese government. That is why uh, we are announcing today that we will not be sending any diplomatic representation to the Beijing Olympic Paralympic Games this winter. Our athletes have been training for years and are looking forward to compete at the highest level against athletes from around the world, and they will continue to have all of our fullest support. Okay, as you thought it would happen. Yeah, no surprise. But again, how many diplomats even go to the Olympic Games? Um, and you know, maybe there's going to be a few of fewer receptions as a result <laughs> of this um, with champagne and stuff. So I'm not sure how how big a deal this is in China's uh, point of view. Now I think they're more um, taking it back or responding to the United States. Canada is a bit, of, like I say, a blip here compared to other large countries. And again, this is, um, I'm not sure to see the impact of this. If the athletes are going, the games are going ahead. And if, yeah. if diplomats aren't there, I'm not sure the average person in China or elsewhere is even going to know the difference. Well, yesterday I, on the show, I interviewed the foreign affairs writer for the Canadian Press News Service, who's just written a, a new book on the two Michaels. Mm -hmm. And we, I asked him about this possible diplomatic boycott. And he said, well, I'm not sure any diplomats have actually been invited yeah. to go to this thing anyway. Like, I don't think China has been exactly not, rolling out the red carpet for well, Canada. It's not like we send all our ambassadors to the Olympics, yeah. it's we it's, usually send someone, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. There's uh, there is some presence, but again, this is minor compared to the actual Olympic athletes. So I'm, again, it's I think it's more symbolic than anything. Okay, so it does seem to be gaining some steam, though. The yeah. United States announced it earlier in the now, week. They, there's some other countries. It'll doing be interesting. China says they're going to retaliate against the states. I think what this comes down to, where you, the average person listening right now, would feel an impact, is if there's a trade war. If there's a trade, uh, suddenly an impact on trade. But considering how much goods come from China into the marketplace on a daily basis that's going to have much more impact well some analysis out there that maybe china could inflict some sort of uh, um, cultural retaliation against the united states by maybe maybe banning uh, american movies yeah. into china which would sort of dovetail into their mm -hmm. uh, ide ideological agenda anyway in china just say we're going to we're going to ban american tv shows or ban american movies or something yeah and so. and uh, but uh, that's part of trade as well so yeah. trade yeah. counts a heck of a lot more than sending some diplomats uh, preventing them from heading to beijing strength in numbers though right i mean you know at least well, we'll see how many not other going countries along. follow yeah. Canada, Canada and the states alone aren't necessarily going to really have much of an impact, but if other uh, European countries and it gets a s sort of snowball rolling puts China on notice, that could have an impact. The other thing, though, is you know I'm already getting emails from people saying this is not going to change a darn thing. Like it won't have any impact at all. Like this is no. we are supposedly uh, protesting uh, ch China's treatment of, of Uyghur Muslims uh, in, in China. Or do you think they're, China's really going to open up all those concentration camps and you know stop their surveillance of, of the Uyghur population in China because we're not sending a, a diplomat over there no, during the Olympics? Not I don't at all. Think so. no. it, what do diplomats do at the Olympic Games other than go to receptions and maybe events? That's it. It's a junket. <laughs> it is. That's I mean, it's it is. the junket of all junkets. Yeah. I mean, it's just nonstop parties. Exactly. You know. So you know, but also you know, some people have said, okay, this is a meaningless gesture. Would a full boycott of the Olympics have made any difference? You well, keep the I, athletes home? 
I think it would have a much bigger impact, obviously, than sending, keeping some diplomats at home. And that would be far more embarrassing to China. Uh, I mean, the United States, the Olympics of uh, 1980 and 1984 are forever tarnished because of the boycotts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, Again, they're not seen as um, uh, not, not illegitimate, but they're certainly not the Olympic Games of otherwise. Okay, get set to call me on that one. I'm interested to hear, hear what the listeners think of that. All right, yesterday, a uh, briefing from Dr. Bonnie Henry on latest COVID numbers in BC, and we see new cases of this Omicron variant in British Columbia. Now, here's Dr. Bonnie Henry on that yesterday. We are now up to five confirmed cases. Nobody's been hospitalized. There's been no deaths, and uh, they've been picked up in a variety of ways, uh, and we will continue to see that, I think. Okay, these are people got it outside the Canada. Yeah, right? these are all travelers yeah. uh, from South Africa, Nigeria, Egypt, Iran. Um, again, five cases, all mild, as Dr. Henry said. No hospitalizations, no deaths. In fact, at World Health Organization said over the weekend, no one has died from the Omicron variant. Um, mm. But it's early days. There have been some hospitalizations now, not in BC, but um, elsewhere. Um, we've got more than 200 uh, people tested positive for COVID-19 who were traveling, who are being uh, uh, subject to whole, what's called whole genome sequencing to see if there's a variant there, and they will likely pick up, uh, researchers will likely pick up more Omicron uh, variants of those more than 200 people who have tested positive who have been traveling. Um, but again, the numbers are expected to rise, but the, the key stat to keep an eye on, as has always been the case, is hospitalizations. Does it cause hospitalizations, or is Omicron simply a mild form of COVID-19, the mild form of the flu, similar? Um, so keep an eye on the hospitalizations. Okay, one, of the, one of the things that uh, Adrian Dix, the health minister, pointed out yesterday was that the Delta variant of the virus is a more bigger concern. Way current. bigger. Right yeah. now, right now it is, because it is putting people in the hospital. It is yeah. killing people. It is putting people in ICUs. Omicron hasn't done that yet, yeah. um, but it's early days on Omicron in terms of uh, compiling real-world data. But the Delta variant, as Adrian Dick said yesterday, almost 100% of the cases in BC. The good news is our daily case rate is going down. Our positivity test rate is going down. Our hospitalization rate is going down. ICU cases are going down. The death rate is going down, and that by this I'm I'm talking week to week to week. That's been the trend. Interesting in in Ontario yesterday, the Science Advisory Council to the government there released uh, their modeling, which suggests Ontario is about to go the opposite way. They're going to have more hospitalizations, more cases, more ICU cases going into January. Um, Why? Unclear. I'm just uh, they think because uh, we're talking uh, unvaccinated people for the most part. There's still, even though we're at 90% vaccinate, uh, vaccinated rate of one dose, 91%, that still leaves almost 10% of the population unvaccinated. Well, 10% of, of a big number is a big number. 10% of, uh, in BC would be, you know, five, uh, 500, more than half a million people. Wow. And you put yeah. that in Ontario, that's about one and a half million people unvaccinated in Ontario. They are, li- they are exposing themselves to the Delta variant. And, and their modeling is based on the Delta variant. It's got nothing to do with, they don't even factor Omicron into this thing. Okay, good to hear the trend lines in British Columbia. The Omicron variant may be, maybe not as as uh, dangerous as feared at the start, which is another good thing. Still, though, I, I think for a lot of people saying, like, I want to get my booster shot, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's get that, let's get the booster shots into people, and that, that's going to give people more protection. Now, here's Bonnie Henry talking about uh, the rollout of those booster shots yesterday. Have a listen. 
one of the things that we're doing to, to make this easier as we come into this large group of people who will be eligible in the coming weeks is we're partnering with pharmacies across the province. We've been uh, making sure that these participating pharmacies are linked to our VCs Get Registered system. That means that when you receive your invitation to get your booster dose, your local pharmacy will show up on your list of available locations for your appointment. So you don't need to call different pharmacies and, and uh, check availability. You can book directly through the Get Registered system. Yeah, so this is a, a shift uh, from what we saw early in the vaccine vaccination program. There were relatively few pharmacies participating in the original um, first and second doses. Now we're going to get up to 1,000 pharmacies, 500 by the end of next week, who are going to be administering largely uh, booster doses. So on uh, any given day right now, we're administering about 20,000 or 25,000 doses. Uh, most 20 or 50% to two-thirds of those are booster doses. Uh, the, the second highest number is now uh, first doses because we're now doing the 5 to 11-year-old kids. So, so they're about, I think two days ago it was about um, 13,000 booster doses, 6,000 uh, first doses largely for kids, and about 3,000 second doses. So now uh, people over 70 were first in the queue along with people. Um, so we had about half a million uh, third doses administered as of yesterday. Of that, more than 300,000 were people over the age of 70. The rest were frontline healthcare workers who got vaccinated early on because they're in a most vulnerable situation, immune compromised uh, people. And now we're moving to people over the age, between the age 65 and 70, are now next in line. They're going to be getting their notices. And then we're going to go by five year age in, uh, intervals through the next few weeks. So if you're listening, just like in the first and second dose, you can probably start to figure out when you're going to get a call for your third dose. It's usually six to eight months after your second dose. Right. Uh, so you can count on that. Right. And people should expect to be receive that invitation get it by by email. Yeah. Uh, to get the dose. Yeah, so you if should, you haven't, what if you what if you're waiting and you think, man, I should have gotten this already? Can you phone in and check? You can. Uh, to there's a, the Get Registered uh, yeah. website. You can also, but again, you sh if you got your second dose, you're in the system. Yeah. And you should right. you'll be you'll be notified the way you were notified to get your second dose. Baldry's beat. Phone lines are open. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number to call. Star ninety eight ninety eight toll free on your cell. Gary in East Van. Hey, Gary. How you doing, mate? Good. Listen, uh, this is about the Olympics. I think going to the uh, the Chinese Communist Olympics is a big joke. Uh, you think you had problems in Sochi? Oh, geez, these people are a lot more refined at that kind of stuff than Putin's communist what kind, friends. What kind of stuff? What are you talking about? The skullduggery about the urine samples and the, and the, the cheating and the stuff like that. It was You know about Sochi. It was just right there. It was crazy. As far as I'm concerned, when the two Michaels got got popped in China, my first reaction, to be quite honest with you, was serves them right for being there. You know, well, like, well. anybody who deals with these people is, is, is leaving themselves open to all sorts of stuff. What's going to happen with the athletes that go there? As far as I'm concerned, you're taking the risk in your own hands. And if okay. you go there as an athlete, as far as I'm concerned, you're all right with the, with the communist uh, sterilization camps and concentration camps. And okay. you don't think right. anything wrong with it. Okay, thanks for calling. Yeah, I don't think that's fair to athletes to pin on them. They have to... Well, I don't think the athletes are not at any risk, I don't think. I don't think so. And also, you know, if you start using the argument, I mean, it, it's an argument. But that um, if you participate in Olympics, you endorse the government of, well, no. of the country. That's not what uh, is happening here. So I think the caller's gone a little far here. However, 
I maintain the Olympics are increasingly irrelevant to people. I think it's it's not it's reached its nadir some time ago. I think uh, I don't see a strong future for the Olympic Games. Really? I mean, doesn't it still get good TV ratings? Not as strong as they used to not be. As big as it was. Um, and again, uh, I, I wonder also. There's a school of thought that the Olympics may actually be reduced to just a, a pool of of countries that have held it before, rather than inviting new countries in to build new infrastructure. Uh, to to hold these things, hold mm. them in places that already have the stuff in place. Okay, Jim and Langley. Hey, Jim. Hi. Um, I, just thought, uh, I was listening to you uh, talking about the justice. Uh, and uh, you're breaking up. You're there. breaking up real bad. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll see if we can get a better connection for you. Okay. Uh, Benny oh. Abbotsford. Yeah, hey, Benny. I'm disgusted with the police chief of Vancouver. He is there to enforce law and order. Since when is it legal under the Criminal Code of Canada to sell stolen merchandise? He should get together with bylaw and go down to those streets and clear those streets. He just, he just, bu- he just busted 200 people down there. <laughs> well, he's got a clean well, to Benny, Benny, they just, he just went down there. They had undercover cops down yeah. there for weeks yep. in that street market, and they just busted like 200 people. Create law. More law. than 300 charges. Anyway, look, you know, it, it was interesting. To, I had an interesting conversation with the police chief I, I, earlier on the show. I heard it. You know, one of the things we got into was uh, no mandatory vaccination for Vancouver yeah. police officers. That's going to be and, interesting. You know, but and, they have to get tested three days a week and they have to pay for their own tests. So that's a pretty good uh, incentive to get vaccinated. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said it's a small number. He didn't want to he didn't want put, to put cops on paid leave because they didn't get vaccinated. But, you know, you look right next door in Surrey. I mean, the new Surrey Police Department, they're bringing in mandatory vaccination. Mandate, Vancouver firefighters have to be vaccinated. Mandates are expanding. They're not contracting. There's going to be more and more of them. And I wonder whether uh, VPD will have to revisit that policy. Well, oh, that's, we'll see. Carol in Surrey. Hi, Carol. Hi. Um, I have a question for Keith with the in regards to the vaccines. So um, what about the people who had double AstraZeneca? A while mm-hmm. back it was said that they were going to be going ahead of the time period, like with when you get into the five-year increments for age. So I'm 58, going to be 59 this month. I had double AstraZeneca. When am I going to be, yeah. like in January or sooner? Yeah, so I'm also double AstraZeneca. Uh, so the... Uh, at the We've been sort of parceled out. We're going to get our second, our third dose six months after your second dose, give or take a week or so. So it doesn't matter about your age. It's just simply six months after your second dose of AstraZeneca. You will likely be given Moderna. So BC right now is buying uh, Moderna in vast more quantities than Pfizer. So almost everyone getting a booster dose is going to get Moderna. Not everyone, but that's going to be the, the dose for most people. We also bought some more AstraZeneca for people who got first doses of AstraZeneca have yet to get the second dose. I'm not sure how many people that would be. I don't think it'd be very many uh, can now get AstraZeneca as their second dose. But Carol, like like you and me, we're going to get our third dose six months after our second dose. 